What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday after a long week off by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Got to say, I am very excited to be back after a week spent on the beach. Can't complain. Appreciate you for holding it down. How was, uh, how was the week, my friend? Well, I it was a good week. We missed you very much. I'm sure all our listeners did too. Uh, it we definitely did not get as nice of weather here as you did in uh, in Jamaica. <laughs> it poured like all week. It was it was not fun. But yeah, no, it was it was a good week. Had some great conversations with Chris Carter and uh, and our boy Derek. It was it was nice, and I'm glad glad you got a break. It's definitely well deserved. Appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate. Uh, shout out Chris. Shout out Derek. Shout out you holding down the fort. Uh, it was good. It was uh, it was weird to wake up on Wednesday and Friday and even yesterday and like watch the show from the mm. outside. I've never done that before. So mm. I was sitting, like we would we were eating breakfast and I was just like had my headphones in like listening to the show and I'm like wow this is this is crazy. This is what this is like from the other side. But I uh, appreciate everybody. It was great show. It was great content. Plenty to talk about. I was shocked that we talked going into the week. I was like mm. oh it'll be easy. There will be nothing that happens. It is the the quietest time of the football year. And every morning I woke up and I was just like, oh, my gosh, a million things happened for the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday. So shout out uh, Keanu Benton got signed. Broderick Jones got signed. Levi Wallace that we're going to talk about is not going to the Detroit Lions, but apparently people want to toss that out there. George Kittle calls out TJ Watt. So much, so much happened in a week. I'm kind of glad, you know, you guys didn't have to just sit here and come up with some nonsense but it was a uh, it was a good week the, the weather uh, I will say I didn't check Pittsburgh weather one time but there was a couple from Ohio that we met that said that they talked to family back home and it was raining every single day and that was the first time that was probably Friday that we talked to these couple and that was the first time all week that I was just like oh yeah it's probably raining in Pittsburgh it's, it's oh, almost yeah. definitely raining in Pittsburgh well, we had like three weeks of like it didn't rain at all, not a not yeah. a freaking drop, and then it just pours for a week straight. It's still pouring now. It, pouring it is pour still pouring. Week straight, I, yeah. I came home and you know I called the in laws and or I, I texted the in laws, asked how the flowers were because you know got a cat's cool, got to take care of the cats. The flowers, got to make sure the flowers are good. That was top priority. Mm-hmm. Um, the bamboo plant that people call me out on on Steelers to go that is very <laughs> alive behind me, but people want to say it's dead. Um. Make sure it was watered. They said it rained every day. They didn't even have to touch anything. And then yesterday, I guess there was a big storm that came in. Thankful that we avoided that. Almost got sh- stuck in Charlotte. Had to consider doing the show from the airport in Charlotte. If that was, wow. if that was the case, yeah. Just figure. You know, that would have been even more ambitious than doing it when we had to do it at the combine in the lobby <laughs> of the convention center. That would have. That's that what I thought. Seen. I didn't have a microphone, nothing. I was just like, we'll just toss the headphones in. We'll be fine. We'll make it look, you know, real authentic. I just couldn't wait. Like, I was just like, I'm very ready to be back on the podcast and not have to, I don't know, not have to, not have to call a million people and be like, hey, please jump on with Steven. Like, we need this to happen. So I was just at any means necessary. But we got home about two o'clock last night. It was well worth it. All the cats were hyped to see us. And now we're here. Talk a little bit of football. What I missed, Levi Wallace, as I said, named a possible trade target for the Detroit Lions. We'll dive into that. George Kittle, 
I don't want to say calls out, but definitely made it known that he thinks TJ Watt is up for a challenge in week one. Derek Bell dropped his top 10 players on the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2023. Very excited to go through that list. And then Chase Claypool uh, testing out a little sidekick, a little post, maybe during NFL career hustle, I want to say. Out in Paris, we'll dive into all that plus more. Want to start with Levi Wallace. Over the over the weekend, Levi Wallace, or, or last week I should say, was named a possible trade target by Pro Football Network's Dallas Robinson for the Detroit Lions. He would uh, you know, essentially join Cam Sutton over in Detroit. The reason being, quote, Levi Wallace may no longer be in the Steelers' plans after they signed Patrick Peterson and drafted fellow cornerback Joey Porter Jr. at the top of the second round. Given that Wallace is scheduled to hit free agency next offseason, Pittsburgh would aim to get something in return for him now rather than lose him next year for nothing. He continues, Wallace isn't a world beater, but he was a 45-game starter for the Bills from 2019 to 2021 before joining the Steelers last offseason. He consistently plays above his traits and gets in the way of incoming throws, breaking up 23 passes over the past two seasons Wallace could offer the Lions much needed depth and Pittsburgh might be willing to part ways for a day three pick. I know you've already gone through this a little bit with Derek, but I want to hear your thoughts again. What what were your, uh, what was your reaction when you, when you grabbed this news? Uh, I was pretty surprised that it was named at all. I don't know. This seemed to kind of come out of thin air. Like, first of all, I think the Steelers really like Levi Wallace and I think they need Levi Wallace. I think he's a really important, he's going to be a really important piece. Like, you don't find bench cornerbacks like Levi Wallace very frequent, like in very many places in this league. He was a mm-hmm. he was a starter for a decent bit of last year and played really, really well. He's coming off one of the best years of his career. On top of that, the like parting with him for a day three pick. Are you like are you kidding me? Like that's that seemed pretty ridiculous. Um, that just seemed like very, very low and something that Omar Khan wouldn't even consider for. I don't know, like you would maybe consider that for Duke Dawson or Chandon Sullivan, but like Levi Wallace is much more valuable than that. Um, So I didn't really put much stock into this at at all, quite honestly. No, no. The, the second that I saw it, read it, wrote about it, the, my instant reaction was, what are we, what are we talking about? First off, I, I read it wrong. I read that he was a day three pick, which I thought was wrong. Then reread it, realized it was for a day three pick, which is even worse. Like I would have rather yeah. you get that he was undrafted wrong than to say that he's worth a day three pick because he's not. He's coming off his best season. He had a career high four interceptions last year, career high 13 pass deflections last season. And you think, oh, well, he must have given up like a major completion rate. No, he was targeted 77 times and gave up 53% of his passes, which is the second best mark of his career. Like Levi Wallace is peaking for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's only 28 years old, so he's still young. I get it. He's got a year left on his contract, but if Patrick Peterson, and this is where my mind went, is if Patrick Peterson is the reason that you're getting rid of Levi Wallace, you have no short-term or long-term plans if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're essentially giving up Levi Wallace just to say, oh, well, we'll have two corners because who needs a third cornerback in the NFL? Nobody, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we're going to bank that once Patrick Peterson leaves in two years, and retires, they'll just figure it out again. Corey Trice Jr. will probably be there. Maybe James Pierre will be good by that point. Luke Barku, who knows what's going to happen. It made absolutely no sense. For one, I think that lost a real conversation about him 
should be in the conversation of whether or not he gets a contract extension, because I think that's a real possibility. Him and Joey Porter Jr., like that's the future as of right now. And I'm not saying that Levi is like cemented there because I think Corey Trice is probably who they hope turns into the future. But Patrick Peterson isn't a long-term anything. He might not even be a short-term anything. Like you, you, we've talked a bunch of times on the show, and everybody else has talked about it too, how chances are he's going to play more in the slot than he is on the outside because he's getting up there in age. They play a lot of man coverage. It just doesn't suit a 33-year-old cornerback very well for what the Steelers are going to ask him to do. So he's going to move around a lot. Joey Porter Jr. is a rookie. There's always bumps with rookies. You don't want that guy to be your number one cornerback, especially in the AFC North when you got Odell Beckham Jr., Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, a billion other names. And come next season, do you really think like Corey Trice is going to be ready to be a seventh-round, second-year guy who's ready to be cornerback two for the Pittsburgh Steelers? And that's your only option. Like that just doesn't. I get. I get where he's coming from in the present. The the premise of, you know, get something before he's gone. But if you're thinking make a run for the Super Bowl, if you're thinking our defense is complete, you're not giving up your essential cornerback one for for anything. Let alone a day three pick is just ridiculous. Like you you clearly right. haven't looked at any numbers or paid attention to what Levi Wallace has done. You've just known that he's an undrafted guy who isn't really that athletic. Who's, you know, I mean, look, I had a conversation with Levi one time and he told me that, you know, some of these guys like go up to him and say like, hey, I study your tape. Like I've been a big fan of yours forever. And I went up to him like afterwards after I caught it in the interview because I listened back to it and I went, yeah, I didn't even realize this. Like, that's awesome. When did that start? And he's joking around and he's like, yeah, you know, like it could be because they like my story. He's like, it could also be because I just come up with a bunch of interceptions. And I'm like, that's, you know, like, it's true. Like you, the dude's a playmaker. He's been, a, he's been consistent his entire career. He's a starter in Pittsburgh. He's probably a starter in a lot of other teams. You know, I just, it doesn't make any sense to get rid of him. And it's it really doesn't make any sense to get rid of him for a day three pick. Right. Like, I think that's the part I'm hung up on the most is like the Steelers want to win now. Like this. Yes. And I don't understand how, like, yeah, you could probably get some kind of value for him if you traded him. It would be more than a day three pick. I can almost guarantee you that if they wanted to trade him. Yes. But that's not like that's not what they need right now. They don't need to stockpile picks or anything. That's not that's not in the Steelers' plan. They want to win right now, so you need talent. You need good players, and Levi Wallace is a good player. So getting rid of him, I don't I, – I, yeah, maybe it would be great for the Lions. I, he wrote this from the, – the guy who wrote this wrote this from the Lions' perspective – that would be awesome for the Lions if they could get yes. Levi Wallace for a day three pick, but it takes two teams to to complete a trade, and the Steelers aren't dumb. They're not gonna they're not gonna give away a player that valuable, and especially at that price. No, there's there's like actually zero chance the Steelers. And that, I get it. I get where he's coming from, and I get that he didn't probably put the other side of the perspective in there, much like we would do if it was talking about the Steelers side of things. But it just you know, at some point you got to realize like this take is just a rough one. And if you're a Steelers fan, I think a lot of Steelers fans, which, which, you know, I got to give them credit for this one is it, this story didn't seem to generate a ton of conversation. You know, it wasn't like a, Oh, should we trade Levi Wallace? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, no, like I think a lot of people understand that. Yeah. Levi Wallace isn't like a superstar and probably will never be a superstar, but he's a very reliable corner. And he's a piece that the Pittsburgh Steelers need, even if he doesn't like even if Joey Porter Jr. beats him out as a starter and Patrick Peterson proves that he should start and, you know, Chandon Sullivan or Elijah Riley or whoever 
starts on the inside instead and Levi Wallace comes off the bench like that is still a very important piece to any defense and if you're going to like replace that with a James Pierre it's just not you know they're the same age and Levi Wallace is 10 times better and that's just it doesn't work out for the Pittsburgh Steelers favor so is a trade coming no no chance I would say I would straight say a strong zero and maybe that gains speed if the Steelers stink and week eight rolls around but until that point, Levi Wallace is in Pittsburgh. He's not going anywhere. All right, next thing I want to talk about, Chase Claypool has uh, possibly a new a, a new career ahead of him, I want to say. He, he spent the side week. Gig. Yeah, side gig, a side hustle. He spent the week in Paris at the Paris Fashion Week, the Feng, excuse me if I'm saying this wrong, the Feng Chen Wang SS Wong, excuse me, SS24 runway show. He put up a picture with the caption, always working. And it was him, obviously, you know, modeling. He's at a runway. Sparked a lot of conversation. The first time we saw this, it was Dov on Twitter, Dov Kleiman, who said that Chase Claypool is modeling for the week. He's not. He wasn't modeling. He was just a guest. There were also guests like Shaquille Harrison of the Lakers, Carl Anthony Towns of uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who, you know, seemingly never does anything when it comes to basketball, does everything outside of basketball from the the small glimpse of basketball that I know. Um, Chase was amongst those. The the comments in this Instagram post are rough. They're yeah. they're they're a, little, <laughs> they're a little brutal. I won't lie. I read them last night as I was putting the piece together and I was just like, man, nobody is giving this guy the benefit of the doubt. And then the bears sneak in there and they're just like Paris Fashion Week, love it. And you're just like, ooh, this comes in the midst of Chase Claypool having reports around him that he's not very self-motivated. ESPN's Mark Silverman said a couple of weeks ago that the, the Bears were worried about his mentality. He did have just 10 receptions, 140 yards last season. Uh, a quote here from Silverman from the Waddle and Sylvie show on ESPN radio. I have heard a few people inside the building that he is not somebody who is very self-motivated. Very, uh, very, very concerning move, I think, for the bears to realize that there's a six week break. A lot of guys are working. A lot of conversations being had. Chase Claypool is in Paris working on his fashion gig and then captions it always working, which I think is just the, maybe the strangest part. What are your thoughts? Well, it's like he knows what he's doing, you know, like, yeah. and then, and, and it's so funny that the bears commented on it. Like, Oh, this is awesome. Cause that's written by some, <laughs> some like social media employee who is very yes. far removed from, I couldn't even tell you who their general manager is. Um, Ryan pool, Ryan pool. Yeah. He's not writing that comment. Like he no. is, he is not very excited. I'm sure he's watching that. Just few. He sees that comment and he's just fuming. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean like this independent of itself, like if Chase cool, if Chase Claypool wants to go on vacation, if he wants to, uh, if he wants to go to fashion week, if he wants to go to France, like it's a break for a reason, but like just in, in a vacuum, that's not that bad, but yeah, this is like, this is a bit of a theme with him. You know, it's not yes. the first time that anyone has ever said this about him. I don't think. And it's just on top of everything else. And like on top of having a bad season, like, yeah, I, I would call it a bad season. I think they expect a little bit more of him. Um, yeah, dude, 10 receptions, 140 just, yards is rough. Right, right. And this is a Chicago Bears team that's, like, really ambitious and, like, they could be in a, competition, a position to compete really soon. Their division certainly is getting a lot weaker. Like, this is an important point for them, and one of their most important pieces are pieces they've invested a lot in, 
is, I don't know. He just, I don't, I don't, I don't know Chase Claypool personally, but it just doesn't seem like he likes football that much, which is fine. But if you're the Bears, that's like he doesn't have to, you know, kill himself over football. But if you're the Bears, you're a little bit concerned. And this is just maybe not a guy that you want in your locker room or in your organization at this point. Yeah. And I think that was the thing is when he left Pittsburgh, there were the rumbles that, you know, there's a little truth behind that he was a concern in the locker room that there were definitely some concerns. And we talked about this, that when he left, nobody, literally nobody outside of like Gunnar Olszewski and Miles Boykin, who played with him in college, were like, oh man, I miss this guy. Everybody else was just like, next man up, you know, be what it be. Mm-hmm. He's gone. It happens. Nobody seemed to care. So you get that feeling that Chase might not be the you know greatest player to have on your organization the fact that the bears gave up a 32nd pick for this is just getting worse and worse by the day which is very concerning for them like joey porter jr is out here we're just talking about levi wallace possibly being on the trade market because joey porter jr is already going to make an impact meanwhile the chicago bears might be on the verge of having to find another receiver because chase claypool didn't work out after they gave up a 32nd pick for him very concerning move and then to just like you said like it's a break and a lot of guys take it as a break and you should take it as a break. Like you should take a couple of days or a week or whatever and rehab and do whatever. Kenny Pickett, who I get it is an extreme example. And the guy never seems to stop working, but he was working out throwing passes with Allen Robinson, like 24 hours before this guy's wedding. He was getting yeah. married the next day. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a year out from my wedding and a year off from my way. I can tell you right now that I'm already stressing about that week. Not even the 24, yeah. the whole entire week. And, I, and I'm the groom. I, you know, the, right. <laughs> You're not usually I, the one that's supposed to. Yeah. No, my stress level is a quarter of what my wife's is going to be. And I'm our, I'm worrying. And he, and Kenny Pickett was like, yeah, you know, I could get one more throwing session in before the, the wedding and the honeymoon and so on and so forth. Chase Claypool was like, yeah, I got injury concerns. I'm not self-motivated. There's a lot of worries about me. I'm coming off a real bad season. I had a really bad OTAs in mini camp. You want to know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go take a week in Paris, make sure that I'm, you know, got my name in the fashion game. And then on top of that, I'm going to drop the caption, always working when you're not on a football field. That's right. the, I think that's the most uh, concerning part is that, you know, I mean, like, well, when he's not even working, he's not even working as a fashion not model. Like he's not, he's not working in any capacity. This is not <laughs> football yeah. or otherwise. He is not working, which no. is that's very funny, very, right? Like just chasing a little bit of clout, chasing the story. I think like that's the thing is people get mad at us sometimes, and and all you know, I get it, I hundred percent get it. But some people get very angry at us, saying things like, "Oh, you guys are creating stories out of nothing." Blah blah blah. Now Chase Claypool gave us the story handed us this and he wanted it to be a story. Like if he just put Paris fashion week, 2024, nobody would work. Nobody would say a word about it. There wouldn't be one conversation because Carl Anthony Towns is there. You haven't, you didn't even know he was there until I said it because I did a little digging on the, the, the Feng Cha Cheng Wong, Chen Wong uh, Instagram page and saw that he was there. You have no idea. Chase Claypool was like, Oh, I'm always working just not on a football field created the story for himself it's concerning clout chasing it's very concerning clout chasing but for the pittsburgh steelers i mean they're winning this trade day by day 
seems to right. only be getting re- and, and the guy that that is going to replace Chase Claypool this season and Allen Robinson is working with Kenny Pickett 24 hours before his wedding, probably attended the wedding, had a great time. I'm sure. I mean, the wedding looked fantastic. Shout out to Kenny Pickett uh, and his wife, Amy. You know, congratulations to those two. Did you see that the ice sculpture was the Steelers at that wedding? I didn't. I bet his wife did not have much of a say in that one. I bet that no, was that was definitely all not. Definitely not. I don't think I would. I don't think I would want that there. I mean, like it's my no. wedding. It's not. It's not Art Rooney's wedding. Like get out that's of here. That's not. Yeah, like, that's my. I mean, don't get me wrong. If the Pittsburgh Steelers were paying me ten million dollars, yeah, I, I'd true. probably have very humble and nice and loving thoughts about that. Or like if I was the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh City, I think maybe I'd, I'd love that team a little bit more to have a nice sculpture of the Steelers at my wedding. But people ask me, I mean, like I was just on vacation and people would come up like after they found out what I did and we talk, they'd be like, Oh, you got like, you got, you got a keychain or something that I can have. And I'm like, dude, when I tell you that I own one t-shirt of the Pittsburgh Steelers and I work out in it. And that's all, the only thing I own besides what's in my office, obviously like it, the, the remove, the removal is strong. You know, right. between got to keep got to keep work at work. That's... Yes, yes, work and person. And don't get me wrong; like I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We live in the city of Pittsburgh. It's our entire life. Like you don't, you do not go a day, work or not work, talking about and surrounding yourself with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But a nice sculpture at the wedding, I just, I don't think I would do it for Kenny. Though, shout out him. Shout out him. Robert Spillane got married over the weekend too. Didn't even know he was engaged. Oh, I think it was at the same place. It looked like which, uh, you know, I think undervalued, but very cool for, for Rob, you know? So congratulations to both of those guys. It was, uh, yeah, it was a good week. Bob. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't even, I did not see a word about that. No, me neither. I saw, I saw, I saw Kent, uh, Chevalier, excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, the, uh, the teams like minister, he, he did both oh, weddings. Mm-hmm. So I saw pictures of, of those. So shout out to him. Shout out to Rob. Shout out to Kenny. Uh, concerning for Chase Claypool, but shout out to Joey Porter Jr., who we just had a conversation about potentially forcing a Levi Wallace trade, which is not going to happen, but the conversation's there, and it's in a positive light compared to a very concerning light for Chase Claypool. All right, next thing I want to talk about, George Kittle issued, uh, I want to say, a a challenge. We'll say a challenge to TJ Watt in week one, who said uh, on Pardon My Take, quote, your one-on-one versus Cam Jordan. Your one-on-one versus TJ Watt, go for it. He gets paid millions of dollars to rush the passer, but I look at it as an opportunity for me to be like, you're not going through me. I'm very excited about it. When he was asked who the best blocking tight end in the NFL is, he his answer was me. If it comes to blocking, I'll toot my own horn. You uh, you had a PFF stat. He's, he's what? The bottom? Yeah, the yeah. Bottom last. Um... Yeah, he's a hundred and first. At least last year, he was a hundred and first out of one hundred and twenty-seven blockers. Nice. You would call him. He was. Yeah, he he only blocked. He was only in to pass protect forty-five times, which is eight percent of his snaps. But yeah, he was not. He was not very good at it last year, which is weird because good. like he has that reputation as like you know a mauler, like a a blue collar guy for lack of a better word, like a guy who loves blocking. So I was I was pretty surprised by that too, but. Yeah, no, that's not a good look. You can't be going and telling people that you're the best blocker in the league when the stats really don't back that back that up. Yeah, the stats uh definitely look a little rough there. And I agree with you. I think George Kittle's always struck me as like the blocking tight end, the the bigger, stronger Travis Kelsey. I kind of viewed him as, but I guess that is not I mean, Travis Kelsey 
Travis Kelsey is a receiver who like he's a receiver. So that's what I'm saying. Like I looked at George Kittle as like a you know like he's like if we had to rank tight ends, I'd probably put him second. And oh, yeah. I'd have to think about it, but I'd probably put him second. And I would consider him more of like a traditional tight end than like a Travis Kelsey would type player. But at the same time, like it's it's TJ Watt. Like you're not you just there's rules to this game. There's rules to the NFL. There's rules to every sport. The Pittsburgh Steelers deal with it every single season when one dumb person calls out somebody great on another team and then that team smokes them and that player goes off. It goes back the tail of time. I mean, you're a New England Patriots fan. You know it. The Logan Ryan calling out Tom Brady in the midst of an undefeated season saying they're going to beat him. And then what happens? Tom Brady puts up like 100 points against the team. It was ridiculous. I still remember watching it on my uncle's couch. Ryan was benched at halftime. I don't even think he ever played again after that one. It was ridiculous. Um, you don't call out great players this early. TJ Watts that one. You don't remember the Tom Brady one? Yeah. No, absolutely. No, well, like, what year was that? Because Logan oh, Ryan, you were young. He played for the Patriots forever. No, not it's not Logan Ryan. It's uh, let's look it up. Steelers player calls out. Oh, Tom oh, Brady. it was a Steelers player. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was this like an AFC Championship game, or was it just a a regular no. season one? There we go. Oh, nope, nope. That's Ryan Clark. This is old. This is old. I don't know. Uh. It's the, it was in the midst of the undefeated season. 2002. Oh, so 2007. Was it 2007? Was that the undefeated yeah, season? So, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, undefeated up until a point. But. Anthony Smith. That's who it was. Anthony yeah, I don't even know who Smith. that. I, I've never heard that name before in my life. He definitely uh, should not have been talking to Tom Brady that. So let's see if I can find the quote here. It's it was it was rough. Like it was that was the so I was still a kid. I was like 11, 11, 12 years old. And that was that was when I learned because my dad taught me a very valuable lesson through that game. You know, don't just don't talk shit. Just don't you know, don't talk shit yeah. to Tom Brady. It's just bulletin board material is not something you should ever do, especially to the greatest of all time. I can't even find the quote because it's not even in here. It's just. It, the the caption of the story is don't make them mad and that's yeah. <laughs> don't poke the bear that's, don't poke um, the bear uh don't poke the bear that was uh it, i don't i can't i i don't know what what he said but i remember that anthony smith talked smack to tom brady in the midst of an undefeated season and that tom brady and the new england patriots smoked the pittsburgh steelers it was it was embarrassing like it was like a game where if you were a fan and i was 11 years old so i was like still like the hostile throwing stuff during games very angry child you know what i mean too involved type of situation and i remember sitting on my uncle's couch in good old scranton pennsylvania watching this game screw i think it was on i'm almost positive it was on thanksgiving and I was like screaming and family members were coming in. They're just like, all right, you got to shut this off. Like, this is getting ridiculous. And then my dad sat me down and he's like, this is what we don't, you don't poke the bear, man. Bulletin board, don't ever do it. And I was just like, he's like, not to Tom Brady. And I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. I get it. Anthony Smith. I don't think he ever played another game for the Steelers after that one. I'm almost, almost yeah, convinced. That's why. the, that's the vibes I get whenever you call out TJ Watt. Like just, yeah, because TJ Watt like has never discriminated. Like, I don't know. Like, I, there are certain like great players who just you, they get bad matchups. You know they have like slow games for whatever reason, like against certain opponents. I don't think TJ is that kind of guy. 
Like TJ does not slow down for anyone. And I don't know, maybe he's going to pay attention to this. Maybe he's going to see it. And I don't think Kittle's doing this to be, you know, be rude or anything or to really like, you know, I don't think he thinks TJ's bad, but like, I don't know if you're TJ, you're, I I think TJ kind of plays with the chip on his shoulder all the time. And this is certainly not going to make him any less motivated. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. That's exactly how I look at it. Like TJ's. So, you know, TJ's coming into the season already upset about last season with the pec injury. He's been very open about how upset he is. So he's obviously, you know, he's going to have that being fired up. The Steelers are a team that have like a little bit of energy around him right now. Some really good positive energy around him. Alex Highsmith's entering or is is about to get a new contract. So he's going to have major expectations on his shoulders. And I think he'll be, he'll be ready to go. The defensive line looks better than it's looked in the last couple of years. The cornerback room looks better than it's looked in the last couple of years. The safeties, the inside linebackers, so on and so forth. Everything is set up for TJ Watt to have one ridiculous season. And then you're just going to spark it all. Like it's as if nobody paid attention to the fact that TJ Watt and that defense had five sacks last season in week one against the Cincinnati Bengals. Like they were just, they just came in and they were just menaces right off the bat. It was ridiculous. Um, you don't, you just, there's just no, there's just no need for that. I'm also still looking at this right now and, uh, shout out, you know, Bill Belichick gets you every once in a while. Here's a quote. We played against a lot better safeties than him. I'll tell you. He said, Bill Belichick said laughing. I've never seen, (laughs) I've never seen Bill Belichick laugh ever. That's like as much emotion as you'll ever get out of him. Like, especially (laughs) in a press conference, like that's so I'm sure he saw it. I'm sure everyone saw it. Yeah, that's... Oh, the whole story is just quotes from people just trashing this guy right. after after this game. I'm telling you, I still remember this. this and there's some beat writers that'll tell you the story because they were there. And, mm-hmm. ah, man, good times. To be a fly... To be in that locker room would have been... Would have been a good one after that one. 34 to 13 was the final score, by the way, um, mm-hmm. of that game. So, and they were at 13 and 0 at the time. So... I'll watch the highlights later. Yeah, thanks. I'm sure all the Steelers fans will appreciate that one. Shout out to uh, Anthony Smith. Hope he's doing well these days. But yeah, TJ Watt, George Kittle, rough one. We'll see what happens. I don't have good expectations for George Kittle in this one if we're yeah. going to be 100% honest. All right, do want to get into Derek's top 10 players of 2023. But first, we got a word from our boys over at Manscaped. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach pod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers chest hair, and if you grew some winter man tits, the least you can do is make sure that they're hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. We'll say this, brought the entire Manscaped clip, drank way too many pina coladas in Jamaica, didn't use it one time, should have because I spilled a little bit of uh, cigar juice or cigar ashes and pina coladas all over myself at least a dozen times. Bartenders there were uh, very happy about me. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full body grooming game with their performance package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or the treasure chest in your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. Their trimmer features a ceramic blade designed to cut hair on the loose skin and to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology. 
You can even trim an arrow pointing to the promised land if you're bold enough. Inside the performance package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Reserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. No one likes nose hairs, so their package also comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0. You also get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value add, and the patented high-performing reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. If you're wearing sandals, you need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Having the right tools for grooming is essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code Steelers20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with our code Steelers20 at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles. Shout out to uh Manscaped always uh always keeping us good. Did uh did definitely go there with the intentions of making sure the beard, the body, everything looked real good in Jamaica. Again, After morning smoothies. Yeah, That's what I'm slip. saying. Like morning, morning yeah. smoothies, morning. The coffee was unreal. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. it was $60 for a bag to try to bring, bring that thing home. So that was not happening. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, we'll get some. J- uh, Jillian was like, oh, we'll bring some home for my parents. I was like, thank you. I was like, oh, that would be awesome. We'll bring some for ourselves. We walked in $60 for a bag this big. I was like, we got coffee at home. We, yeah, we'll be, yeah. we'll find something else to yeah. we'll find another way to say thank you. I'm yeah. sure we could find Jamaican coffee on Amazon. That's not sixty dollars, and we'd be totally fine. Coffee was great, but morning coffee, morning morning smoothies turned into morning pina coladas very very fast, and then morning pina coladas turned into morning mimosas with pina coladas, and then morning pina coladas with mimosas turned into cigars before breakfast with morning mimosas and pina coladas. It was a great time, but you know keeping up with the face wasn't happening yeah it wasn't yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. even an option you know at that point things would have got dangerous chances are i would have been on here without a beard i was gonna say you don't want to walk around with a razor after a, you want to be swinging a razor near your face after a couple of pina coladas that doesn't no, sound like a- i learned that one in college when i was uh trying to iron clothes during a pregame i was actually um, steaming steam it was when the steamers first came out oh uh, yeah 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 and uh and I was steaming a shirt, getting ready for, you know, me and my roommate were drinking, boozing up a little bit. And I was steaming. And I had a photo shoot the next day because I just got my first tattoo when they, the, some girl was taking pictures of like tattoos around, around college and going through, steamed right on my arm, right where the Ooh. tattoo was. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Look at big, nasty looking, looking burn. It actually went away, <laughs> thankfully. But uh, the photo shoot was in the paper and, I think I, I had a disease. I think that's what everybody, <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's she thought. She was like, am mm-hmm. I allowed to touch this? Is this scabies? I was like, no, we're, everything's fine. We're healthy. Don't, just it's a just a burnt. A, yeah. Boy. A little burnt, a little drug accident. It was no big deal. Mm-hmm. Was what it was, but yeah, no, no, not uh wasn't, wasn't risking the beard. Wasn't, wasn't happening. Wasn't even an option. All right. Last thing I want to talk about here. Derek Bell dropped his top 10 players. For the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2023, here's the list. Najee Harris tops it off at number 10, followed by George Pickens. Isaac Siamalu makes the list. They knew left guard for the Steelers. James Daniels, right guard. Pat Fryermuth comes in at six. Alex Highsmith, five. Deontay Johnson, four. Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, and TJ Watt top off the top three. You look at this list, thoughts, opinions. What were you thinking? I think he has... 
many of the right players. Like, I think he's got a lot. I got most of the right guys, like a vast majority of the right guys. I would maybe flip a couple. Like, I think Najee would go ahead of Pickens in my book. I think Seymour okay. is a little bit better than James Daniels. Pat Fryermeath maybe a little lower. But no, no major gripes. Except yeah. for Deontay Johnson at number four. Oh, I, okay. I, I'm sorry. He's not better than Alex Highsmith. He's not. <laughs> I don't think he's better than. I don't know. I guess I, I guess he, he kind of depends on what George Pickens is this year. I don't think Deontay is going to be the best receiver on the team, much less the fourth best player on this team by the end of the year. I, I that's just that's ambitious, man. I don't I don't know about that. That's like maybe he gets there. Maybe he does have this this great turnaround, but the drops like the 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 mistakes in important moments yes and that's the thing with those top three guys i think the way they separate themselves is like not just making plays regularly but making them in impact moments and being big time players in clutch moments and deontay johnson has just not been that guy like he's been fine but he he hasn't been that guy honestly yep i uh i agree deontay was the was the biggest eh for me at number four and don't get me wrong. Like I try so hard to give Deontay all his props because I think Deontay Johnson is just a phenomenal wide receiver. I think that he's, you know, people talk a lot of trash on this guy for a guy that, yeah, he does. He's got drops in big moments. That's got to fix. It's got to be fixed. It need to be fixed for the last two, three seasons. It just seemingly hasn't. And at this point, you know, the knocks on him are probably warranted. Alex Highsmith. I'm definitely putting above him. And if we're being honest, like, I think Isaac Ciamalu needs to jump up this list. Yeah. Pretty significantly. I think that he, you know, he's coming off of a Super Bowl run. He's almost immediately their top offensive player or offensive lineman. James Daniels maybe gives him a run for his money, but I think James Daniels moves up too. Like, I think those two players deserve a little bit more credit here. Alex Highsmith to me is definitely number four. Yeah. That's the, that's my biggest, biggest change there. I think if you're going to keep Pat Fryermuth at number six, which I think, I think you're going to drop him down. I think, I think Pat right. maybe slides to seven. Yeah. Deontay. And I, don't, I don't think that's Pat like has anything to do with Pat, by the way. I just think like there are guys that are like, I don't think Pat's bad. It's like Deontay. No. I'm dropping him down because I don't think he is as good as that number four spot, but mm-hmm. like Pat, I think you're moving him down just because other guys were rated too low. Yes. Yes, I think, yes, I think Pat maybe drops to seven just for that reason. I think Isaac might be, Isaac might be number five. And then, and then yeah. maybe Deontay number six. I, I don't want to drop, because like, I don't think Deontay Johnson should go below Pat Fryermuth. I think that he's better than yeah. Pat Fryermuth. I think yeah, that could change by the end of the season. But I, I think right now that holds enough ground. I, the James Daniels thing, it depends on how, if you're going to move James Daniels up. But I think that I, if I'm redoing it, TJ Minka, Cam, Alex Highsmith definitely is number four, Isaac Siamalu, and then Deontay, and then Pat, and then I guess James Daniels, George Pickens, Najee Harris. A lot of people say Najee should be a lot higher on this list. Do you agree? Not a lot higher because, uh, and like, maybe he could, like you said, maybe if you move down Pat to, I don't know eight or something yeah. you could or, or you could like have Najee leapfrog him into that eight spot or something but I do think Najee's a little low um I think he's going to be really really important this year and I think he's set up for a really big year and I think you know if we if we save this and we look back at the end of the year 
Najee could get up to, he could maybe even pass James Daniels, quite honestly, depending on the kind of year he has. If he's kind of the same, like, you know, bell cut back, driving the offense with the way he runs. Like, running the football is going to be really important, and Najee's their best runner. So just doing the math from that, if, if you know, this team is as good as I think people are going to, as people hope or think that they might be, Najee is going to look a lot better than the number 10 player on this team. Yeah, I agree. I think Najee could move up, but I think it's a, it's a, a gotta wait and see type of situation. Who, who do you think just looking at this list or maybe even outside of the list, who do you think in your head could make the largest jump at the end of 2023? Hmm. Well, I think there's an argument for Pickens. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's certainly one, although, you know, but also, like, if George Pickens makes a huge leap, it, you have to assume that Kenny Pickett is tied to it. Because yes. I don't know where you would rank Kenny Pickett on this list, but if George Pickens is having a big year, so is Kenny Pickett. Like, that's about automatic. Um, yep. Like, Kenny Pickett could definitely drop into the top, jump into the top ten if he takes if he takes you know maybe a little bit better of a leap than people are expecting. He's probably still on the outside if he kind of takes a reasonable year two jump. But yeah, probably. I, I look at the passing offense the most because I think that's where there's a lot of potential, but not necessarily sure things. So I'd probably say Kenny, quite honestly. Yep. I think so. I think, I think Kenny sneaks is the guy that I expect to move into the top 10, which is that's tough because you look at this top 10, like who's he going to replace? I think is yeah. the biggest question. Like who do you, and like as as much as we're going to say this, like I think Deontay might be the guy that slides out. If Kenny mm-hmm. slides in or maybe Isaac, Maybe James Daniels, I guess, because offensive linemen are like easier to move around. But like, it's not like like TJ's yeah. not going anywhere unless he gets hurt. Minka's not going anywhere. Same reason. Cam Hayward, unless Father Time catches him this season, it's hard to say he's dropping out of there. Alex Highsmith, maybe. You know, Alex Highsmith could definitely fall off, but I have a hard time believing that one. Yeah, I would say Deontay and Pat Fryermuth and and Najee would be my three guys that I think if you're going to slide guys in would be my expectation for them to slide out which isn't good for the pittsburgh steelers but at the same time like maybe it is good because you definitely want your quarterback in here like at the end of this season right. your second year quarterback should be in the top and he should be pushing for the for the number one spot like if you were if if maybe not at the end of 2023 but at the end of 2024 like kenny pickett should be really on the on the butt of Minka fitzpatrick like he should yeah. be you know it should be really hard to have that conversation of who's better um and and Doug, like Mink is a generational TJ Watt. Like those guys are almost impossible to beat out. But Kenny should be in the conversation. I would say Pickens is probably the guy that I think could make the biggest jump. But I think I agree with you, Kenny Pickett. They just go hand in hand. So it would be like if one's going to move up significantly, Kenny's going to move up. And I don't think Kenny's like anywhere near the top 10 right now. So I think that you have to. It'd be a pretty significant jump for him to get into the top 10. I'm going to toss out a name for you that I think could land on this list in 2023. Jalen Warren, I think, could make Ooh. his way into the bottom half of this list. I don't look at I think Najee's still going to be the bell cow. And I think that the outlook for the season right now should be that Najee Harris is going to be the guy that has a great year in the backfield. But if Jalen Warren can impress and go off and have have himself a year, like I was looking at the the Athletic put out a story the other day of everybody's you know EPA, which is estimated points 
added, Points added, I believe. Yeah. 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 And Jalen Warren was first in the NFL last season, mm-hmm. number one. And I get that his touches were limited, his, his targets were limited. I think that if he could have a great year and really become that RB1, RB2 dual system that the Steelers want, I think that he, I just think that the Steelers could rely on their run game enough to where both of those guys can make yeah. their way into the top 10. And like, that's what the, you know, like Matt Canada doesn't want to do it, but man, Art Rooney would lose his mind if two running backs were just having themselves a season in Pittsburgh, you know, a hundred percent. Right. I mean, there's absolutely a situation where uh, Jalen Warren rushes for like 400 yards and catches 300 yards out of the backfield, like, and scores, I don't know, like maybe not double digit touchdowns, but like he he can be a weapon, and he I, I could absolutely see that. Because, like, again, if you're leaning on the running game, like, George Pickens is going to drop out. Deontay's going to drop out. Kenny won't really be as much of a contender. So, yeah, I could absolutely see that. That's definitely a dark horse. If you – yeah, I, I don't completely hate that. It would be it, – it'd be tough. Like, he'd – they'd really have to be as run heavy as – I don't even know who the most – who ran the most last year. But, yeah, it would have to – I wouldn't say it's likely, but I, like Jalen yeah. Warren is probably one who's maybe not even in the top 20 right now, maybe top 25 who could jump in, who has as good a chance as any to jump into that that top 10. Yeah, I'd say definitely a dark horse. A second dark horse for you, Calvin Austin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't hate right. that. That would be right. I feel like he'd have to make some kind of impact. As, he'd have to be like a return guy. Returner. Kind of, yep. Yeah. I think he could just be all around explosive. And then, you know, because like Calvin Austin's not working his way up to like top five, but like sitting there at number 10 at the end of 2024, if you got George Pickens, Deontay Johnson and Calvin Austin sitting there with like Kenny Pickett, I just think this list could look very different in 2024 if the right things happen. But at the same time, like again, like, you know, Pat Fryermuth getting knocked out of the top 10 is going to be tough. Isaac Siamalu, James Daniels, tough. Alex Highsmith, no chance. Cam Hayward make a... PJ, very different. Like, there's, it's, it's going to be a tough list to crack for a new guy. I think that's the, uh, that's the biggest thing here is that it's, you know, if you're going to do it, it's, it's going to be a challenge. 100%. I just, I don't know. We'll see. It, but it's a good list. Shout out to Derek. Um, you guys haven't something checked hang out. On. It's something we should hang on to. Do this. We can do this again when the season's over and see, oh. see what we got right, what we got wrong, where we, we we should. I'll add it to the post notes. I have a I have a thing of post notes right behind oh, yeah. the camera here that just have it's just like little post. I'm a big post notes guy. Like oh yeah. Big, big post notes guy. And mm-hmm. uh um I have them all behind the camera of things that at some point later in the season we have to go back to. Like the win totals. I don't even know whose win totals these are, but there's two win loss totals for 2024. And yeah. you know somebody's going to be right. Somebody's going to be wrong because they're different win totals, but mm-hmm. well, we'll, you know, we'll get to that when the time comes, but we should definitely go back to this mid season, even, you know, see yep. how things mm-hmm. are looking because I'm telling you, I think that, uh, I think that list could be a little, a little different for the Pittsburgh Steelers come next year with that. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all Steelers talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always check out all of mine and Steven's work at all Steelers.com and our pit coverage at inside the Panthers.com. Great to be back. Thank you guys 
again, Steven, Derek, Chris, for holding down the fort last week. Excited to be back with you guys again this week. I will be back on Friday with Derek. Until then, enjoy a rainy but another beautiful week in the Berg. Peace. 